Come on. You've got more than that. I know you have. I really love the topic we're talking about passion and about. And I want you to think about for a moment, what are you passionate about? What are you passionate about? And we all have things that we love to do in our spare time, for those that have it. Um, but some of, these, some of these things I thought I'd share with you today uh, that what people are passionate about. Check this one out. We did this one during the week uh, for middle school. Uh, this person's passionate about Santa Claus. I can say I am not passionate about Santa Claus and I don't really give much to memorability. Here's the largest collection of Santa Clauses. Um, this particular person is passionate about Barbie dolls. I've got a few Barbie dolls. No, I mean my kids have a few Barbie dolls. Um, uh, I have played once or twice with Barbie dolls, um, not my passion, but this particular lady has 15,000 Barbie dolls, only 15,000, I don't know why 15,000 are one, but just 15,000, uh, this particular person loves cars, and I reckon this might hit a few people, if you're passionate about any of these, I want you to raise your hand, unashamedly, yes, cars, who's passionate about cars, there's got to be some people here about cars, collecting cars, um, you know, some of my favourite memories of churches is when you go to a new church, there's always someone that collects cars and they want to take you around and show you their car collection. And um, yeah, I've seen plenty of old cars, new cars, there's some pretty cool cars there. Some people are passionate about food. I've probably eaten too much of this stuff, but um, yeah. Um, yeah, some healthy food. People love healthy food. Others like chocolate clairs, others like pizza, some like drippy, cheesy, I don't know what you call that. Um, but after that, you probably need to do this, which is exercise. And some people are really passionate about exercising. Who here is passionate about exercising? Because there's got to be some people in the room. Um, I joined a gym about two months ago after coming out of a pretty dark spot to try and exercise. Um, and I've got to say, I've got to fess up. The last two weeks, three weeks, I haven't been to the gym. Um, but I want to get back. So some people are passionate about this stuff. Others are passionate about bananas. What? This guy, have a look at his face. You probably can't see it. But this guy, he's loving his banana outfit. Um, I, I thought that's something that I'd be passionate about. But he looks like he's a fun guy by the looks of it. Others, and you're going, what has he got in his jar? This guy, he collects his belly button fluff. Yeah, exactly. He's got three jars of belly button fluff. What? The? And like, someone's passion is someone else's fun. Uh, that's a fun one. All right, some this guy here loves collecting Macca's memorabilia. Um, yeah, he's got a bit of Macca's stuff there. Others, this one, she loves, you know, Dalmatians. I've seen the movie. I don't think I'd be collecting this much Dalmatians. Um, this guy just loves collecting nails. He's got all sorts of nails each to their own. And this guy likes mobile phones, so he's got all sorts of mobile phones there. And those who are long in the tooth or maybe lost their hair might remember some of these um, types of phones. There's the brick phone, the flip phone, there's all sorts of phones. The Nokia was really popular back in the day, all sorts of phones there, he collects those. Some of us, like this guy, he collects sick bags. <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> he's got a buff bag hat on, um, yeah, and then others... Like this guy, he collects um, like do not disturb stickers. Oh, you know, not stickers, those little hang on your door things. But what I'm getting to is that we all have different passions and things that we love to do. We all have different 
ideas and things that we, we, we love to get involved with, but there is only one, I'll say it again, there is only one passion that is the best on all that I, I can even think of, and it's this. Oh, yeah. Come on. All right. We've got some cricket fans here. This stuff, this stuff here, this cricket thing is like, I don't know, since the five years old, I got my first cricket set. Mate, I've been following uh, cricket since Boxing Day test matches. I remember this moment, Steve Waugh hits his ton on the last ball of play. That was an exciting day, something that I remember. I can, I'm looking in the crowd and I can see passion in those that follow this and others are going, what? Cricket? Five days of test match? Who would? Yeah, preach it. There we go. Let's go. And there's all sorts of scene, but this guy here probably trumps it. Adam Gilchrist, my favourite. Um, no one could hit a ball bigger or better. Got the long handle out on this one. His bottom hand's dropped off. For those that love cricket will understand what's happening here. This ball's gone out of the park. Uh, just, it's one of my greatest passions. And I could talk cricket all day long. In fact, we could spend a whole hour here, like, at least. In fact, I was sitting on the couch. Oh, i share a story. I was sitting on the couch. I wasn't going to, but I will. On the couch, just like, it was a couple of weeks ago. I was looking like reruns, like, on the tragic that will watch other teams, like New Zealand versus India. There's a test match that's happening well, not at the moment, but there was this last week. New Zealand, India. And five days, I was catching up KO. I was doing the quick catch-ups. And I thought, mate, I just happened to be there. And I come to day five, where everything happens on day five. If you've made day five of a test match, it is, like, phenomenal. And I'm sitting there, and my kids walk in and goes, what are you watching, Dad? Oh, cricket. <laughs> they knew already. Um, Who's playing? And I said, New Zealand versus India. And they went, why would you watch that? Like, why would you watch another nation? But for me, it was exhilarating. In fact, the number 11 batter was in. And he had like five to ten overs to bat out. They had one wicket to get. The, not only that, like, he's bat, like this New Zealand team has batted all day against India. And the ball is like turning sideways. Like, if you've ever played cricket... When a ball comes at you and goes like that, it's pretty hard. And the ball's bouncing this high off the ground. This is a typical Indian pitch. And number 11 batters in. They've been batting all day. They can't win the match, right? All they can do is draw. India have got this thing. New Zealand, on the other hand, are just playing for one thing, a draw, to take the win away from India. And number 11 bats in. And this ball's like turning sideways. Not only that, the sun's going down. And so there's light. And so every over, the, the umpire gets out the light meter, which just checks the light. And if it's at a certain, like, if the light's low enough, then they go off. And so there's this drama that's happening. And I'm sitting there on the edge of my seat. And I'm looking around my room. Everyone's on a device by me. And I'm looking... And I'm just going, man, this is the best. And then he bats out, number 11 batter. Bats out, last over, amazing draw, fantastic draw. No one wins. What a game. <laughs> what a game. 
New Zealand versus India. But that's how excited I get about cricket. I love cricket. It's one of my passions. But the question I want to ask you all today, what are you passionate about? And we all have passions. Uh, that's mine. And you can tell it's mine because, like, I change gears, right? Um, I'm excited. I know sometimes you think that's my normal thing, but it's not always. I'm not always like this. But when you're talking cricket, I'm listening, which is why Pastor Sean and I and Pastor Neil get on so well, because we talk cricket, um, and we love to talk cricket. But what are you passionate about? What are the things that drive you? One of my other greatest passions that I love is when I see a brand new Christian, like, doesn't know a thing about Jesus, and then all of a sudden, they get a picture of who Jesus is and, and what he has done for them. And I can tell you, when you look in their eyes, and those that have done this, there might be a few in the house, when you look in their eyes and you see all sorts of emotions going on, some people cry. There's a lot of criers out there when they realize that what Jesus has done in their life. Some people laugh. They're the funny ones. Some people just sit there stunned and can't talk. But you see this thing that lights up in people's eyes. You see this like glow that just comes over their face when they realize what Jesus has done for them. And there's no greater passion, bar none. There's no greater passion in my life. Like cricket's second to that. When you see someone go through that journey, and it is the best thing, the best thing. I, I just can't get enough of, of that kind of thing. And it, like, I don't know, it's the thing that gets me out of bed. It's the thing that drives me. It's the thing that, that sets me up. And I guess when you look in Scripture, you can see like lots of examples. But one of the examples that I really love is in John chapter 4. And we're not going to turn there. We're just going to speak on it today. But if you want to, you can check it out for yourself. But John chapter 4, Jesus is sitting at this well. And this woman comes up, a Samaritan woman. And she comes and sees Jesus sitting at the well. And she's like shocked because she's come in the middle of the day when she shouldn't really, you know, she's come to sort of get away from people. And here's this guy sitting at the well. And he asks for a drink of water. And you probably know the, the scene of that where the woman at the well is sitting there. And she's like... Um, with Jesus, having this conversation, for starters, they shouldn't be talking. Like, Jesus is a rabbi, she's a Samaritan, that, just, that, that, sort of, that stuff doesn't happen. Not only that, she's a woman who's been around, and she's a woman that's been with many partners, as we discover, and Jesus just walks her through the journey of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, what it means to be, like, properly saved, what it means to have a connection to God. And she walks through this journey and it's like, like goosebump moment happens. And this person, this, this woman comes to Christ and she gets a picture of salvation. She realizes that Jesus is the Messiah and what's the first thing that she does? She runs back to her village and she tells everybody, get up, get up, come, get out. Come check, I found the Messiah. And she probably doesn't really understand what that means, but she just speaks all sorts of... And then the village comes out. Passionate people bring passionate people. And you see it early on. I've sat with people 
under, under their tables and talk with them. No, I haven't sat under their tables, but my legs have sat under their tables. I've sat at their table. Anyway, whatever. I've sat at their tables, and you see this happen. And do you know what? They can't help but go and tell others about what they have learned. And they tell all sorts of things. Oh, I found this thing called Sabbath, which is like Saturday, and like, they don't even know what it means. Like, this, this is crazy. And they just go, yub, 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 yub. They tell all sorts of stuff because they're passionate. And it's infectious. And it grows, which is why you'll see churches who are in the early infant stage and their focus all they've seen, they're like tunnel vision, is how do we get more souls for the kingdom of God? And that's their focus. And when you get communities like that, they explode. I wish we had more. Because that stuff fires me up and it fires you up. And when it fires you up, kingdom growth happens. Whoa. Can I get one amen? Come on, one amen. That's what we want to see, right? That's what it's about. That's what Jesus came to this earth. That's what God gave up, giving Jesus to us for that reason. For that one sole reason, to bring others to the kingdom of God. You know, I liken this. I liken this to, this is for the married guys out there, right? So those who are looking for a wife, please note. All right, please note. Those that have been married, you remember when you first caught vision of your wife, all right? Your loved one. And those that have been loved, maybe you can resonate with this. When you first caught, caught vision of that one that you knew was going to be yours and your eyes lit up. And you couldn't stop looking. And you just wanted to get closer and closer and you wanted to be nearer to the person that you loved. And you would do all things. You would bring flowers for no reason. Just because you, you walked past a shop and you went, oh, I'll get some flowers. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'll get a favorite chocolate. Yeah. And you would do all sorts of crazy things. You guys, you know what I'm talking about. In the early days. Think of the early days. For some of us, <laughs> for some of us, for some of us, that's a long time ago. And for others, it may be yesterday. And you go to all sorts of... Because you're passionate about that person. And then maybe five years down the track, or maybe it's a year down the track, or two years, or five, or 10, or 15, or 20, the question I want to ask, are you still doing that? And all the wives go, preach it, pastor. Amen. <laughs> Come on, boys. Because... Over a period of time, we drift, right? We know once we've caught, guys, once we've caught the woman that we love and we've tricked her into believing that we are the, the best guy around, once we've done that, we forget. I'm, I'm talking about myself here, right here now. We forget. And I liken that to our Christian walk. When you first met Jesus, like really met Jesus, what were you like? I remember the day, it was like big camp and then there was like all this, this stuff that happened. I couldn't sleep. 
I was like ticking everything over in my head and I was excited and I wanted to like share everything. I wanted to talk to everyone about what I had just discovered. And here I am, 11 years later. Why am I still not like that? I'm being honest here, right? Real talk. I wish I was like that. Where did that passion go? Because I know one thing. I know one thing. God is passionate about you. Oh, He is so passionate about each and every one of you that he risked everything. He risked his son to come to this earth like in its fullest for like of sin, in its magnitude of sin. He risked everything to send his son as a baby. And that's our Christmas story. And we know that. That's this time of year. He risked everything so that we could have a chance of pure salvation through Jesus. He risked it all. Like, think about that. Take a moment just to think about that. Like, we see nativity scenes like everywhere, and we kind of forget. We see the, the, you know, the little baby Jesus in a manger, and we see the animals, and we see all the, the people worshipping Jesus, and then we see him grow up. We, we know the stories, and we get desensitized to the story, but we, we forget what God was actually doing. He gave Jesus, like, at, at maybe the expense. Like, he risked it all. How many of you have got children would risk your child, would give your child away for world to rape? How many, how many would do that? My God did. Your God did. He risked it all for you and for me. Like just... I don't know, but that, that, that brings me back from my, fir- when I, when I've, like from my first walk and I think about that, I get goosebumps and I go, man, what a God. But the question is, are you still passionate about God? Or have you never maybe connected? Maybe today is the first time where you've actually you know, thought about God like this? Are you still passionate about God? Because he's passionate about you. And there's certain things that, that take us away from that passion. Everything at you to distract and move you away from being focused and passionate about Jesus and sharing the love that Jesus to, to the whole world. He, he draws us away from that. And there's all sorts of ways that can happen you know, you know, maybe you've never had that passion. Maybe, maybe you've never experienced what it means to have that passion. Maybe you've grown up in the church and, and maybe this is your journey and you haven't really like, experienced what that means. Like, 
For myself, I'm fifth generation Seventh-day Adventist on my mother's side. On my mother's side, we go back to the forming of the church in Australia. And so as generation upon generation upon generation upon generation... We, 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 we hand down and we try to, to give the passion, but we can't give the passion. We can't give that. We can give rules and regulations, like the church is really good at giving that to young people as they grow up in the church. And, and, but like, maybe you've never experienced what it means to have Jesus in your heart. And for me, that was my story. And it wasn't until I was like, left the church and then came back in in my mid-30s, that I understood what it really meant that I was saved by grace, Ephesians 2.8, I was saved by grace through faith. It was a gift of God given freely, not that I should boast. And when I realized that, there was joy. And man, I wanted to tell the world, and I did it so bad. Like, I, I just turned all my mates away from it. Because they went, man, he's gone off the Richter scale. He used to bring the beers. Now he's like on the beers for sure or something else. Because he's just like gone crazy. And I turned all my mates away because I didn't know how to share the gospel. But I was passionate. And they got that. And years later when I came, like, came back and I, and I caught up with them. And they, they said they were on the verge of following what I was doing. Because I was passionate. I had no idea. And, and it made a mark on them. It, it, it impressed them when it happened. Some of us have been broken. You know, we've had broken relationships within the church or maybe even in our own families. And broken relationships have pulled us away from being passionate with God and being on fire and, and doing what he wants for your life. That's really hard. That hurts. And maybe there's a stack of you in here today that are feeling this way, feeling broken. Maybe you're just worn down. Maybe you're just sick of Satan and his evil ones throwing the kitchen sink at you and you're just done. That could be your journey today. Maybe you're thinking, I, I've, I don't know. I'll come to a Christmas program, but I don't know. I'm, I'm so tired, I'm worn down, I'm beat. I've got nothing left. And there's, I guess there could be a bunch of you in the room that are just so busy doing God's work, so busy trying to make a difference that you've forgotten how to reconnect with God and your passion has been lost. Love the skit. It really brought that out. That, that, that point of the skit, just, that was the number one thing that came out. You know, we can get so caught up in it. And for those that you know, I had a little time out, term two, a while back. Pastor Neil knew because he had to take the slack. <laughs> and I had probably, I don't know, to me it felt like a minute, but it was like probably, I don't know, was it weeks? Six weeks? I can't even remember. Seven, I don't know. Neil would know because he had to, like, you know, cover for me. And Sarah. Sorry, Sarah. My bad. I just put you two as one, you know, like. And others in the team, Sharon and, 
Monique, as they covered, because I was just, hey, I hit a spot. I was busy, busy doing God's work. And I'd had 10 years of ministry. And in that, I'd had five starts, six starts, I think. I don't know. There was a lot of starts, which means every second year, I was starting at a new place and or a new job, and I was trying to learn new things. And it just beat me down to a point where I lost my connection. Like, and I just look back and I'm just going, how dumb. Like, I preach this thing daily to students. I preach this thing, you know, daily to friends, you know. Don't, make sure you look after yourself. Take time out for yourself. And I thought I was better than that. And I let it beat me down. And Ten years of worn down and heartache and broken things and all sorts of crazy things, family stuff that was going on on both sides of our families, just things that were just real bad. I just couldn't get out of bed one day. I actually found it hard to go to a doctor to get a certificate to say that I was sick. I remember, <laughs> it was kind of funny. I, um, I, lucky I, don't, I don't go to one doctor. I go to like a, one of those centres that has multiple doctors. That's really handy when you're like that. Because I rocked into this doctor and I looked at him. And he had like his happy shirt on and he was wearing like a yellow hat. And he was a real eccentric doctor. He had all this crazy stuff on. He looked loud. And I walked in. And I sat down in his chair and I just looked at him. And he goes, what's wrong? And I looked at him. No words came out. I didn't know where to start. And, and I like, eventually he asked some more questions. I said nothing. And he then realized that there was something wrong. And he goes, are you depressed? And I went, I don't know. Probably. And that's it. He wrote a subscription out for some medication, said, have a nice day. And I walked out of the office with my doctor's certificate. But man, it was hard to get out of bed because I allowed myself, I allowed myself to, to like, when I wore myself out to a point where I didn't connect and I forgot to spend time with God. And I was doing God's busy work. It's a trap. Man, it's a trap we fall into. And I can tell you, you do not want to go there. It's a long road back. I actually wrote up a letter of resignation. <laughs> you remember that, don't you? And I gave it to, and I gave it to, um, gave it to Graham and said, I'm done. That's it. Felt good when I left. And four weeks later, as I discovered, a week went by and then, you know, like I, I, I kept seeing a different doctor and I got doctor's certificates and the time I got, you know, fourth and fifth week, it was easier. I was saying more words. And um, I just, the things that I remember is people who sent me messages. I don't remember what they said, but I know that there was people who were loving and, and saying, I get better. I didn't think, I actually thought there was no way back. Like, I just said, that's it with God. Uh, I'm, I'm out. And then um, a mate asked me to read a book, and I read a book that talked really, it really just 
gave me permission to realize where I was at. And um, it sort of, I went, wow, that's cool. And then as I had time to, you know, recuperate and energy came back into my world, I started to, to think about my journey and my walk and Jesus started tapping on my heart. And people, I'd get a message, you know, praying for you. I'd get a, another message and, a, you know, like a little emoji or something. And um, I'd just turn, open up, one, one day I opened up to scripture and there was like this massive, you know, beautiful text that just comes out. And God just started putting people in place. And it was a hard slow because I felt embarrassed, right? Like, I'm a guy, I don't, don't need to talk to anyone. And all of a sudden I realised I had to. And um, it was a hard road back. Passion, where did it go? And then God showed up, because he always shows up. If you allow him to show up, and he showed up. And we had like one of the most craziest nights in the house where everybody was awake at ridiculous hour of like four o'clock. And um, we had just an amazing night and morning and like we invited God back into our home and we couldn't sleep for like two days, just on fire again. I never thought that could come back. Never thought that was possible. And this is weeks later. Never thought that was possible. But with God, all things are possible, aren't they? With God, all things are possible. And if you're feeling like that today, if you're thinking that you're at the bottom and you don't know how to get up and move forward, speak to someone. Talk to a friend. Risk it. For, oh, I can't believe that line. Just come to Risk it for the biscuit. <laughs> Where did that come from? It just popped in. Risk it for the biscuit. Let's go. Let's own it. Risk it. Step out of your comfort zone. I wish I had it. I don't know, I wish I could have just stopped the spiral because the way out is hard, but it's doable. God showed me that, like he put that passion back in my life and I remember what God had done for me and, and, and the fire in the belly came back and it's so cool. And we were waking up and going for like long walks on the beach and amazing. I think every day was nearly second day was at the beach or somewhere just hanging out in cool spots. And I forgot what it meant to stop and relax. We're not meant to be like killing ourselves with God's busy work. He wants you to stop and the old, the old saying, smell the roses. He wants you to enjoy his nature. He wants you to enjoy his word. He wants you to Enjoy spending time with him. He wants that for each and every one of you. And if you don't have it, search for it. God will give it to you. He's drawing you out for that reason. He wants to give it to you right today, right now. I'm going to leave you with a question. Where is your passion for Jesus? Where is your passion for Jesus? He wants to put that in you. And when we as a people get this, 
This place isn't big enough. This place is nowhere near big enough. Like, crazy, crazy, crazy love God wants to pour in you. Will you allow him today? That's my challenge. Will you just let go? And whatever's stopping you from connecting, or maybe today might be your very first day. Maybe you're sitting there and you're just going, oh, if only, if only someone would reach out. And if only someone would... You can do it yourself. If you want that today, if you, if you, you want to have that passion in your life. Ask, and it shall be given you today, this minute. Heavenly Father, God of the universe, man, you're a God of love. You're a God of passionate, passionate love. And you want that for us. You want to, Lord, you want to instill that in our lives. Like the woman at the well that just ran back to the village and brought the whole village out. That's what you want for us to do. And Lord, today, if there is someone in this building today, Lord, who wants to reconnect, who wants to get closer to you, I just ask that they make that call today for themselves, that they will, they will stand up in their own heart, that they will say, yes, that's me, and raise a fist to you right now. Raise your finger pointed to the air. Go, I want to follow Jesus. If that's you, I want you to do that right now. I want you to give your life to Jesus right now. And if that's you and you're like almost, Lord, I just ask that that person that someone around them will comfort them and will help them and bring them a closer walk to you. And Lord, we call on your spirit today to fall on these people here today, to fill each and every heart with your Holy Spirit on fire for you. Jesus, you can do this. Show it to us. Move amongst us today, I pray. Is my prayer today in Jesus' name. Amen.